The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The biggest sporting spectacle of the year is nearly upon us. We know everyone loves making their picks, no matter if you're a diehard fan or just tuning in for the big games. So we think you'll love this opportunity. Enter the CBS Sports Football Props game for your chance to compete for the $1 million jackpot. That's right, $1 million if you correctly answer all of the questions, and a guaranteed $50,000 to the winner. And you can win all that money without risking anything. Football props is free to play. Just visit cbsports.com backslash props or download the CBS Sports app to enter. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Friday, January 29, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I Own College Basketball Podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and Leaky Black, Matt Norlander, is here with me. And since we last recorded, Gonzaga and Baylor have both recorded another blowout. Baylor beat Kansas State 107-59 on Wednesday night. Then on Thursday night, Gonzaga beat San Diego 90-62. So the top-ranked Zags are 16-0. Second-ranked Bears, 15-0. Deadline, somebody asked me a question on Twitter yesterday. So let me present it to you. If Gonzaga and Baylor... Both enter Selection Sunday undefeated. Which team is the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament? I addressed this exact thing in my power rankings this week. Uh, Baylor's the number one overall seed. That's not going to be up for too much debate, I don't think. Um, Baylor will have, at that point, accrued many more quad one wins and road wins against tougher opponents than Gonzaga. So... I don't think it will be up for much debate. And that's before you even get into the question of whether or not uh, those teams have or have not played in their league tournaments. I think you're right. The question was presented to me about the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament and then about whether I would adjust the top 25 and one. And I will not adjust the top 25 and one. If I will not drop Gonzaga from number one unless it loses. And that's been one of my kind of rules since I've been doing this job. Um, I don't punish number one teams unless they actually lose. The only time I can remember doing it is when Duke, Zion, Cam, and who was the other guy that played with them, Norlander? See if you can remember this time. Um, That team is Duke, Zion, Cam Reddish. Yeah, he's from Canada. Uh, was the third third pick in the draft, a first team, team All American. Oh, oh, oh! Trey Jones was, was on that not, team. It was Trey Jones was on that team, but it wasn't him. Jack White. It was not Jack. Jack White was not the third pick. Javin Delorier in, in the subsequent NBA draft. His name was. It started with a R, and then the next letter was a J. R J. They called him R J. Oh, I think I've heard of this guy. Um. 
You're gonna have to help me with the last name, though. R.J. Barrett. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was. Uh, the, yeah, he was the other player on that team. Yeah. So that's the only time I can remember dropping a number one team without the number one team losing. It just felt silly to have anybody other than Duke number one after that performance against that opponent on that stage. Um, so I've done it before, but I will not do it in, in this scenario to punish Gonzaga without losing would be to punish them strictly on league affiliation. And I won't do that. But that said, you're exactly right. Both schools have five quadrant one wins right now, but according to the net, the current net rankings, Baylor has six more quad one opportunities in the regular season. Gonzaga has just one. So Baylor could end up and likely would end up with basically twice as many quad one wins as Gonzaga. So I agree with you on selection Sunday. If both teams are undefeated, Baylor based on the resume would be number one overall seed, regardless of whether the AP poll and the top 25 and one or anything else actually reflects that. Let me ask you this. Are you ready to acknowledge publicly that Baylor can go undefeated? It's funny you bring that up. So I do, uh, during the second half of every season, if you, uh, if you want more me, uh, there is college basketball podcast content. You can get out there. It's uh, the college sports now podcast that I do. And, uh, the host of that show, Stephen Hartzell brought this up on our episode this week and I told him I was like you're the first person I've actually heard bring this up yet the idea that Baylor could run the table and go undefeated it's obviously you know the first person in media I haven't seen it written about I haven't really seen it tweeted about yet because obviously of the strength of the Big 12 there I need two more wins they're gonna win this weekend against Auburn and then they play at Texas on Tuesday or at least Baylor is scheduled to do so you get there, and then I think it can be start to be a real conversation. The road games remaining after that at Oklahoma and NCAA tournament team at West Virginia and NCAA tournament team. The final game of the regular season, as it's scheduled, is obviously against Kansas, which is the second toughest game uh, Baylor has remaining. Uh, on an individual basis, Baylor is projected to win each of these games, but taken as a collective here. Uh, as we speak this morning on Friday, uh, it is a 15% chance that Baylor will run the regular season table. I'm not ready to seriously uh, consider that yet. I want to see how it does against Texas. And if Texas has Shaka Smart and has Courtney Ramey and Jericho Sims, if it's at full strength, that obviously is going to be arguably the best game of next week. So um, I wrote about this after Baylor beat Kansas State's brains in on Wednesday night and Thursday morning's lead to the top 25 and one. And what's interesting is that you're exactly right. I haven't really heard many people actually seriously suggest that Baylor could really sensible debate to have about whether Gonzaga will be undefeated on Selection Sunday. Like, the Zags might not. I mean, they can lose. Anything's possible. But if the question is presented to you, do you think Gonzaga is going to be undefeated on Selection Sunday? The only intelligent answer is yes. Whether whether it's accurate or not, we'll see. But the only intelligent answer is yes. With Baylor, I think most people would instinctively just say no because you're going to get caught somewhere. It's the Big 12 for crying out loud. But when you look at the actual numbers and consider the context, it's not it's not it's not likely but it's it's way more likely than I think more people probably understand that Baylor will end up with a zero in the loss column on selection Sunday. Let's look at last season. Mm -hmm. Kansas went 17 and one in the Big 12. By definition, almost went undefeated in the league. Went 17 and one in the Big 12. 
And Kansas's adjusted efficiency margin was number one in the country. That's why they were going to be the number one overall seed. It was plus 30.23. And that was 4.74 points better than anybody else in the Big 12. And they went 17-1 and in the Big 12. Right now, Baylor's 8-0 in the Big 12. Adjusted efficiency margin is plus 34.63. Better than four points. Better than what Kansas was last season. And it's 10.39 points better than anybody else in the Big 12. So they are way better than anybody else in their league and significantly better against the rest of the league than Kansas was against the rest of the league last season when Kansas went 17-1 and in the league. Combine that with the fact there are no hostile environments. You know, you would think in a normal non-pandemic year, well, they'll get caught at Allen Fieldhouse or they'll get caught at West Virginia. They'll get caught at Oklahoma and they might, they might, but you're not running into normal road situations there. So they're going to be double digit favorites in six of the final 10 games in the league and favored by at least five points in every remaining game. I think it's again, not likely, but very possible. Baylor and Gonzaga are both sitting uh, with a zero in the loss column on selection Sunday. And then however you want to seed them, they're both one seeds, obviously. Just put them on opposite sides of the bracket, and let's hope they meet in Indianapolis. Well, that's the exact hope. So I had a, a, a few radio interviews on Thursday, and Gonzaga and Baylor came up as they often do because they're the two most dominant teams. And the uh, the irony of all of this is that Scott Drew and Mark Few got together, I want to say it was in the middle of August, and basically said, let's get this done, let's play each other, because the Pac-12 voted to not allow men's basketball until January 1, a decision that was, of course, reversed later on, but Gonzaga lost three games against Pac-12 opponents, Baylor lost uh, a scheduled game against, uh, I think it might have been Washington, I, or I can't remember who it was, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the uh, the point is they were like... It was yeah, R.J. Barrett, they were supposed to play R.J. Barrett. Okay. Um, Come on, Duke! So anyway, um, so with all of this, you had Gonzaga and Baylor, Few and Drew, saying, let's get it done, you know, we can be the top two teams in college basketball, it'll be great for the sport, why not have a situation where we play each other non-conference, they scheduled to do so, and that couldn't happen because of COVID-19, and now the game, scheduling it uh, doesn't seem possible in the regular season here, so because of that, we deserve Gonzaga-Baylor, we were promised Gonzaga Baylor, but the only way we're going to get Gonzaga Baylor is in the final game of the season. If we can get there, it'll be absolutely terrific. The chances of, the, of that, unfortunately, aren't great. They're not impossible, but I'd have to, you know, we'll have to see what the records are when we get there. The chances of Gonzaga and Baylor both making the title game, though, will be both of them I, I, I easily under 25%. So I hope we get it, but. Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate that we never got it in the regular season and we couldn't uh, use that as, as, you know, the build-up to uh, the NCAA tournament. But the fact that we didn't get it, by the way, also allows us to potentially have uh, a true rarity, uh, which has almost never happened. That's two undefeated teams entering the tournament undefeated. I don't know if you saw it, but Sportsline ran the NCAA tournament. I assume, based off of Jerry Palm's most recent projected bracket, they simulated it 10,000 times. And Gonzaga won it like 35% of the time. And Baylor won it like 14% of the time. So literally, like right at 50% of the time, 
10,000 simulations, 2021 NCAA tournament, either Gonzaga or Baylor won the title. So it really is at this point a, a reasonable question, Gonzaga, Baylor, or the field. And we discussed this recently. Did you, you still said field? Are you still holding on to field? Or are you ready to flip to Gonzaga Baylor? No, I'm going, I'm still holding on to the field. Now, ask me this again a uh, week, uh, week before Selection Sunday, and we'll see. The field is still this wiser bet. It's, there's too many variables. Uh, it's, the field is still the better bet. The more likely outcome is that, uh, you know, 66 teams not named Gonzaga and Baylor will win it. But we are clearly getting there. The, the, um, the gap is significant between those two and and the teams below it uh, in predictive metrics: Iowa, Houston, Michigan, Villanova, Virginia. All teams that, by the way, can win it. And and I actually, it's interesting. I was talking to my one of my younger brothers on Thursday about this. We just got to talking about the tournament and teams and stuff like that. And I told him, uh, I said, "Listen, when you do your bracket pool this year." Even if Gonzaga and Baylor have like one loss combined when we get to the start of the NCAA tournament, if you want a good value play, you know, Michigan and Iowa and Villanova, Virginia, Alabama, the way these teams look right now, they're good enough to win the NCAA tournament. So what you actually might have in your in your bracket pool is a situation where whether it's 10 people in it or 100 people in it, a heavy percentage of those people are going to take Gonzaga or Baylor because those are going to be the best teams. But you actually are going to get an interesting situation here where you could take another one seed to win your pool, and it's a great value play. So keep that in mind. Just a little bit of advice going forward there. Um, I would still take the field. I feel like taking the field is wildly disrespectful. Okay. You also thought it was disrespectful against uh, Mick Cronin last week, who uh, who proved to be human. So, I thought that line was too little. I thought the line was too little, but Not it wasn't. Little. It's did wildly disrespectful to the first lady of Baylor basketball, Kelly Drew. Not to mention Mackenzie, Peyton, Brody, Drew, Homer, and Janet, Bryce and Tara. Bryce doesn't care. Little Bryce and Drew, Drew Carey, Doctor Drew, Drew Barrymore, <laughs> Drew Bledsoe, and Drew Bleas. Breeze. <laughs> okay. Oh, they're all this. You'd be disrespectful to all the Drews. All the Drews there. Did you get it? Did you, I did, <laughs> did you just get a Dr. Drew in there, by the way? Dr. Drew. Right. He's disrespected. You're disrespected. Uh, well, I think he disrespected the coronavirus early on. So uh, if you disrespect one Drew, you disrespect all the Drews. So dis showing disrespect to Scott and Kelly Drew doubles as showing disrespect to Drew Barrymore and Dr. Drew. Okay. We're gonna need a power ranking of some Drews before we before we. Know I've already I looked it all up. Drew Barrymore is number one. Drew Barrymore is the number one Drew, huh? That's what that's what I look I. When I say I when I say I prep for this podcast, I prep for this podcast. I would have just preferred that you just rattled off a bunch of Drews off the top of your head because frankly that's wittier and that's that's better. But instead, you've got like seventeen Drews in a Google Doc right now. You're reading off of it loses a little bit of its luster. That's all I'm saying. You have no idea how many Drews I have listed here. I I, I Google top most famous people named Drew. I mean, I did it, my it, I did my homework. Wait, wait till we get to the final four and one. <laughs> this is why I can't get. This is why I'm always running behind. Is because I start prepping for this yeah, podcast gotta, and my mind takes me in different places, and I end up doing. 30 minutes of research on something that does not matter at all. I'll identify it later on this podcast. <laughs> How I wasted 30 minutes on Thursday night looking up things that if I never even mentioned them, it wouldn't matter. But now I'm prepared to talk about them at length if we have to. Okay. Let's go. All right. What do we got next? Rutgers beat Michigan State on Thursday night for the first time ever. Congrats to Steve Peichel. Rough stuff for Tom Izzo. We'll talk about that next. 
Plus, we'll maybe rank some more Drews. But first, check this out. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So Rutgers beat Michigan State on Thursday night for the first time ever. The final score, Norlander. Rutgers 67, Michigan State 37. It was Michigan State's first game since January 8th. Needless to say, it did not go well. First win for Rutgers over Michigan State in the history of the world. So Michigan State is now 8-5 and five overall, 2-5 and five in the Big Ten. Spartans are 61st Ken Palm, 101st in the net, 0-4 in quadrant one opportunities, 2-5 and five in the first two quadrants. Norlander, are you ready to pull the plug on Michigan State? Is Tom Izzo about to miss the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1997? Are you ready to call it like your Fox News in Michigan State is Arizona? Oh, boy, look at you. We're getting there. You said 97, right? 1997. Man, you said that's obviously the uh, third longest streak. Only Duke, which is in jeopardy right now uh, since uh, 95 or 96. And um, Kansas since uh, 90 or 91 have longer streaks right now. Side note, I was digging through some old DMs um, like just the past few months. <laughs> Actually, here's how old they are. Um I'm going to put this in the in the no context tweet. I just had someone DM me. I've, I might have brought this up on a recent podcast, but I can't remember. I still have the screenshot. Um, I got a DM that simply said Rutgers is older than America because I think it went back <laughs> to when we were talking about the oldest conference, uh, oldest schools in the conference. And the fact that someone was just like, I'm going to DM Norlander, Rutgers is older than America. <laughs> it's just like, what? It's from October 30th. So good. As for Michigan State, oh boy, this was hideous hideous stuff it's it's looking bad it is looking like you know we talk about nine ten bids coming out of the big ten it is quite honestly almost impossible to fathom or envision a world in which you have ten bids come out of the big ten and one of the teams that doesn't get one of those bids is a tom Izzo coach michigan state team but Two and five in the league. It's only sitting perched ahead of winless Nebraska and two and six Penn State as we speak here on Friday morning. At eight and five overall, I mean, it's ugly. What do you want me to say at this point? It's right now, according to Torvik's projections, Michigan State has a 2.9% chance of making the NCAA tournament. For comparison, Rhode Island, which is basically a 500 program at this point is at 6.7%. So it's it, there's a lot that Michigan State needs to do. It needs to turn this thing around in a hurry. It's got a game at Ohio State this weekend, then at Iowa, 
Then it gets to go into Pinnacle, thankfully, and get a reprieve no matter what happens Ooh, in these next two scheduled games. Scheduled loss. That's what they call a scheduled loss. For the Cornhuskers, that's correct. So I don't think that the, I don't think Michigan State uh, is completely out of it. I believe we did our dribble handoff this week on teams outside the top 50 in the net rankings that uh, were our picks to make the NCAA tournament despite their current standing in the net. I went with SMU, which uh, got a win over your Tigers on Thursday night. Strong jaw Kyle Boone opted to go with Michigan State. That was a mistake. That was uh, not ideal whatsoever. And uh, at this point, yes, the Spartans are reeling. Okay, go ahead. That's the the problem with having a strong jaw. It gives you false confidence to say things like Michigan State's going to make the NCAA tournament. Why don't you ask who GP went with? Uh, Rutgers? I don't know. Clemson, which immediately went out and beat Louisville. Beat is... uh... Yeah, I mean that was that was a hideous game, by the way. <laughs> they, won. They, they scored more. They scored more points than their opponent, and that is how you record a win in the sport of basketball. That's correct. That's exactly what Rutgers did, by the way, on Thursday night. Sometimes, sometimes people ask, "How do you become a college basketball insider?" And it's the the answer is you have to know things like the key to winning a basketball game is to score more points than the other team, and that is what Clemson did against Louisville two nights ago. That's correct. That's correct. Michigan State shot 28. Look at these numbers. Michigan State shot 28% from the field, 20% from three, and 20% from the free throw line against Rutgers. Bad. They only shot five free throws. GP, I'm telling you, I just turned the game off after a while. It was just, it was. 21 turnovers, eight assists, only shot five free throws. Like what? How do you even do that in a basketball game? Uh, well, I mean, it, it, I, I, I mean, I know, I understand it's technically I, it, possible, but it's 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 highly unlikely to pull that off. <laughs> how how do you have a Hall of Fame coach and you shoot five free throws, turn it over twenty one times, get eight assists? I, that, mean, this, I yeah. bet that I bet that doesn't happen. Listen, too often. they the Michigan State was coming off you know twenty days, three day, three weeks worth of a right. COVID pause. That's obviously a, a factor here. But you know, to be clear, I went on CBS Sports HQ on Thursday. Got asked to pick a few games, and I was like, "Oh yeah, give me, give me Michigan State. Rutgers, Rutgers has never beaten Sparty here, and they'll be, uh, they'll be raring and ready to go." It wasn't the case whatsoever. Important win, by the way, for Rutgers, which is trying to uh, keep its own, you know, bona fides to make the tournament uh, on a respectable level. So that was a, a necessary home win for for RU, and good on them. But the bigger story is Michigan State, just because this more this just also adds to the weirdness of this unique season when we discuss, you know, Kentucky's completely off the map entirely now. Duke is far from a guarantee to make the NCAA tournament. Now you've got Michigan State here. Carolina has picked it up as of late and done uh, done some decent stuff for itself, but it still has plenty to prove. So uh, no shortage of, of teams with proud, you know, recent histories, you know, just finding themselves in a rut this season. And this might have been the one that uh, unfortunately toppled the table on Michigan State. It's still going to get some wins going forward, but is it going to get enough? I don't know. This was uh, this was so eye-opening that either um, Izzo and that staff are going to be able to turn something around and, and, and make it interesting and turn Michigan State into a bubble team, or this might just become a lost season for MSU. Been a historic week for Rutgers, for the fighting Quincy Doobies. Uh, they won at Indiana on Sunday, first win ever inside Assembly Hall. And then they beat Michigan State for the first time on Thursday. They were previously 0-12 uh, 
against the Spartans. They are now projected to be in the NCAA tournament, according to everybody who projects such things, including Jerry Palm. Rutgers, of course, hasn't made the NCAA tournament since 1991, so that would eliminate a big, big drought. Uh, real quick on that, though. So Rutgers is 34 in the net as we speak here. It's one and four against quad, uh, or one and four against the top level of its quad one opponents, but the basically, you know, top 15, but against the rest of quad one, four and five. So it's doing okay there. Quad two, one and one. And then it's in the same range of all the results based metrics and the predictive metrics. Uh, so it's doing okay for itself. But yes, there's still. It's not safe by any means. It's got to continue to win home games, which it did beautifully last season. Um, and if it can do that, yes, it's going to be it's going to be in there. That was a that was a big time result from from Thursday. One other quick one from Thursday, GP, that I wanted to mention. If you talk about teams that uh, that got a win, they that needed to get a win. That was Stanford winning at Arizona. Stanford is, and listen, it's it's out west. It's not a surefire tournament team, so it hasn't received a lot of a pub. And I get all that, but Stanford has as pretty much picked up the two most important back-to-back wins alongside Rutgers as maybe anyone in the country because this is a team that just finally, like a couple days ago, California rolled back its restrictions with COVID. Santa Clara County is now allowing the schools, as I mentioned on the previous podcast, Stanford, San Jose State... There's a third one I can't remember, but anyway, R, um, R, R. J. Barrett is the other. That's one. that's exactly it. But the point is this: so Stanford goes in, uh, it beats Arizona earlier this season for the first time against a Sean Miller coached Arizona team. Sean Miller had never lost to Stanford prior to the season. Now Arizona has been swept, and like Bryce Wills is still injured, and then Zaire Williams, who might be a lottery pick this year, and Dejon Davis, who's a senior. They have not been playing, and it's not tied to COVID. So there's a weird... I don't know what's going on there. I'm not sure why they haven't been playing, but they're not going to play against Arizona State on Saturday either. It's three of Arizona, uh, three of Stanford's top six players not available. The Cardinal win both games, 10-5 and five overall, 6-3 and three in the league. Those were necessary. Now you play a down Arizona State team. That's kind of a tricky one, but I did want to give the West Coast a little bit of love here. Uh, the Cardinals getting good wins while not being fully stocked, and who's to say if and when they're going to be? Uh, so just keep an eye on that going forward because I think that team is good enough to actually win a tournament game if it can get there. The question just becomes if those players uh, inevitably come back to the team or not. I just don't know. You know, We haven't been given a reason for why they haven't been available. Hopefully all is okay, relatively speaking, but it is notable that they've been able to win without those guys. I love Arizona's arena setup. I, well, I also brought that up because I saw you tweeted that. I, it, it's good. Like... It's the Don't cleanest it's I've good. seen. It's the cleanest I've seen. Said, really? I think it's good. I don't know if it's like, you know, so far beyond other ones. I feel like Duke's got a pretty clean setup as well. You think Arizona's top notch? I, 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 I was visually aroused by it. Okay. All right. That's good. I mean, I, <laughs> if you want to be visually aroused by college basketball arena setups, I ain't going to stop you. I ain't going to stop they got, you. They, they, it's got the clean backdrop, you know, uh, relative to the camera angle. They got the cardboard cutouts, which I enjoy. I, I pay attention to this stuff. I pay attention to what arena setups look like. Dukes is good. Arizona's is the cleanest. The one I, that bothers me every time I watch them, Arkansas's. Okay. I, I love the snout, but they've got these tarps over seats. Yeah. And they're, and they're wrinkled. Yeah, the wrinkle, <laughs> little wrinkles. Colorado State had a little bit of a wrinkle thing going on, too. The wrinkles drive yeah. me crazy. Yeah. Like, I hate those wrinkles. Like, somebody get up there and fix that. Why can't somebody fix that? 
You just is. Are you are you the type that's got to make uh make the bed as soon as you wake up kind of deal? Is there a correlation here? No, I don't have to make the bed, but everything has to be straight. Um, like I, I if I if I were going to be in my bedroom all day long, I would have to make the bed. I, whatever room I'm in has to be clean, and everything has to be straight and where it's at. So the cleanest room in our house, seven days a week, twenty four hours a day, is my office. Gotcha. Because it is where I spend much of my time. And so every I, I cannot start working until every like if there's anything out of place, I can't start working until I get everything where it needs to go. Like Nintendo Switch controllers have to be put up. Um, if there's a coffee mug from yesterday that needs to be taken out of here, everything has to be the papers yeah. on my desk have to be organized. I'm real like OCD about that. I can't stand to look at things that are unorganized or or messy. This goes back to when I was a child. I'd collect baseball cards, and they I would I would organize them every day. J- just for no, it's total waste of time. But I just needed everything to be in order. After I tweeted that picture last night, somebody pointed out that it, they do they do like Arizona's arena setup, but that the A on the tarp in the background is not centered with the A on the court. And once I noticed that as well, it bothered me. Yeah. It, it was a, it became a problem. Yeah. I'm willing to, I don't know about overlook it, I'm, but I'm, I'm willing to deal with it because everything else is great. If there is one place in my house where it is structurally not centered and I notice it every day. And I promise you, nobody else who's ever been in my home has ever noticed it. It, but I I notice it every single day. That like that kind of stuff does bother me. I, I, and I do hear you on the tarp. You like a ship shape. You like a taut tarp. Like get it taut, nice and get it around the seats, nice and clean, flat, no wrinkles, nice and taut. I uh, yeah, go I like go, go next time Arkansas is on TV. Look at their wrinkled tarps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. Get your tarps on tight, hogs. Okay, let's pick some games here. It's final four in one time. Uh, we remain even, Steven GP, both sitting at 17 and 17 after last week. What are we starting with? Saturday, noon Eastern, number nine, Alabama at number 24, Oklahoma, inside the Willie Warren Center. You can watch it on ESPN, Alabama minus one. By the way, I got some new. I'm putting it in post so GP can't hear it. I got some new bumper music for picking games. It's uh, it's good stuff here. Hope you're enjoying that. Um, hope it's not. Hope it's not Dave Matthews Band. No, it's not. It's it's not. It's not. I think <laughs> we not. would have to pay for it if it was DMB. I would never pay for anything. The only time I've ever paid for anything connected to DMB is that I had to go. I wanted to go see Willie Nelson. Yeah, I know. And you shamefully, Willie Nelson was opening for Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, well, you know what? Dave Matthews is so awesome. Willie Nelson uh, says, you know what? You're that good, that great of a human, that great of a band. I will open for you. So, I think I think that's wildly disrespectful. Well, Willie Nelson's Drew, opinion to, means more than yours. And so to that's Willie what Nelson happens, so. and to the Drew family. Yeah. Like I went and saw Jason Isbell open for John Prime. Now, you know, several years ago, and at that point in time, Jason was bigger than John Prime. Like most of the people there were there to see Jason, not John Prime. And somebody I remember asking him, like, um, "Why are you opening when you're the bigger act in the year 2017 or whatever?" And he said, "That's John Prime. I'm, I'm, I'm. John Prime is not opening for me. I'm opening for John Prime." And I feel like Dave Matthews, if he had even a little bit of, of, of self awareness, would say, "I." I, Willie Nelson cannot open for me. That's Willie Nelson. We'll open for Willie Nelson. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know what you want me to tell you. you you're not getting uh, 60,000 people to show up to watch Willie Nelson play at this stage of his life. DMB's bringing the crowds. What do you want from me? 
facts. I, I understand how it works. Straight, I just thought it was facts. Just, I, <laughs> Willie I Nelson saw, didn't have to agree. Again, that's that's when, just who Dave is. How about this? When Nine Inch Nails was at its peak, I saw them open for David Bowie. And at that time, Nine Inch Nails was probably the bigger draw at that time. Probably. Yeah, it just was. Pro- probably. probably. But I remember Trent Reznor saying the same thing. Like, that's David Bowie. We're not, David Bowie's not opening for us. It's ridiculous. I just don't understand why Dave Matthews can't be more like Jason Isbell and Trent Reznor. Okay. Alabama at Oklahoma. Noon Eastern at the Willie, Willie Warren, Warren Center. Willie, Willie Warren Center. There we go. Willie Warren, 2008 Big 12 Rookie of the Year. Now He's now playing professionally in Taiwan. <laughs> That's true. I looked it up. I know you did. Um, 31 years old, playing in Taiwan. I feel like you're heavily relying on Wikipedia, so hopefully the facts are good. Because, oh, oh, before I pick this game, I mean, you you effed up on trivia time earlier oh this week. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I don't want to hear that. How about you own up to your mistake here? How about an apology? How about I, an apology? I, I will issue an apology. I said that no team had finished top five in adjusted defensive efficiency that was NCAA tournament eligible and not made the NCAA tournament since Washington State in 2005 and a listener of the ion college basketball podcast accurately pointed out that san diego state did it just a few years ago it was the same year that i believe louisville was self-imposed banned from the tournament and finished in the top five in defensive efficiency i recognize that but failed to recognize that San Diego State was there and missed the NCAA tournament. So that's that's on me. That's on me. I'm going to take that. I'm, that's my turnover. Disrespectful to the Drake that's family. An un, that's an unforced error I committed. I'll take Oklahoma to win this game at home. Four-game win streak, recent wins over Kansas and Texas. If it can beat Alabama, that's going to be just about as good as any three-game win streak, if not the best three-game win streak that anyone can claim so far this season in college basketball. Opponents considered there. Um, Austin Reeves has not been as, uh, I think, reliable from deep as, as the Sooner staff thought he would be this season. But Brady Manick and Umoja Gibson have made up for that big time. This is probably the best game of the weekend, I think. Uh, certainly has the capacity to be that. Iowa at Illinois on Friday, which uh, is right there as well. Uh, given how Bam and Oklahoma have played, I would just, I, to me, this is the best one. These are the two teams playing at the most consistent level as of late. And you get it as a noon Eastern tip. I will take the Sooners to, this is technically a straight up pick because you said Bama was favored by one. Yes, this is, you're wrong here. This is line too little. Line. This is a classic line too little situation with the Crimson Tide. Ten game winning streak. Fifteenth in offensive efficiency, eighth in defensive efficiency, ninth in tempo. Alabama is like my favorite team now. I know you said that on the last podcast. I you, say a lot of things. You, lo- you love watching them play. <laughs> They're my favorite team. I just keep I'm on just a keeping ten game winning streak. They take. Uh, so they're averaging now, updated numbers, 64 shots a game, 30 of them coming from three. They're making, on average, 10.9 three-pointers per game. Three of the top five scores above 41% from three. They've got a three-game lead in the SEC standings. Oklahoma has been playing well, obviously. Four-game winning streak, beat Kansas, beat shorthanded Texas. But I will take Alabama on the road to extend the winning streak to 11 games. And for Oklahoma, um, they got to turn right back around and go to Texas Tech on Monday. So that's a tough two-day stretch. That's a really tough two-day stretch. All right, what do you got, number two? 
Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern, number three Villanova at Seton Hall inside the Herb Pope Center. You can watch it on Fox, Villanova minus four. Herb Pope, by the way. Update on Herb Pope since we last talked about him on the On College Basketball Podcast after he was arrested for robbing a bank near his hometown. I remember this. Six foot nine famous basketball player just robbing a bank in his hometown. Like everybody in the bank's like, is that a Herb Pope with a gun over the counter? Sure enough, easily identified. Went to federal prison. He is now out on probation. Got released in 2019. Still on probation for like four more years. Hopefully he's doing okay. I believe his brother, who is also a bank robber, I believe his brother's still in federal prison. I'll take Villanova minus That's an update four. on the Pope family. I got Villanova. Willie Warren's playing in Taiwan. Villanova minus four is the pick. <laughs> if you run out of things to say on the podcast. <laughs> Villano- Villanova's 2-0 since coming off its COVID break, and they uh, they beat Seton Hall last week on an eight-game winning streak overall. I'm going with Sandro Mamukelishvili. If Alabama's my favorite team, Mamu might be my favorite player. Dude, Seton Hall freaking blew that game against Creighton. It was horrendous. It was just disgusting, Parrish. They had zero business losing that game. This is a this is a Creighton sandwich, and that Villanova's the bread here. Lost at Nova uh, on January nineteenth at Seton Hall. Lost at home to Creighton on Wednesday. Now Nova comes back. I got him losing again. Nova wins. Seton Hall's right on the bubble. Like according to Palm, first four out. According to Lenardi, last four in. This is a big opportunity. That program's been to four straight NCAA tournaments. You win this one, you're probably on the right side of the bubble, according to everybody. And then the schedule really eases up after this. The final seven games are against nothing but unranked opponents. So this is a big opportunity for Seton Hall. I'll take the Pirates plus the points. Should I take them straight up? No, I'd say let's not get out of hand here. Let's just go go points. I'm going to just take them plus the points. Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern, number 15, Kansas, at number 18, Tennessee, Inside Ramar Smith Arena. No one knows who that is. Do you know who he is? No idea. Might as well Ramar be uh, Smith. He was all SEC freshman team. Sophomore season got kicked out of school because he would not go to class and could not pass drug tests. This is who so you're bad. naming the arena after. Yes. Okay. A bad combination. Then in 2009. He participated in a home invasion in Knoxville. He went from all SEC freshman team to participating in a home invasion, took $6,000 in cash, a gun, and a half pound of weed. So he raked, but he got caught, and he had to go to jail, just like her Pope. Yikes. This is who you're naming? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I got to pick this game. Uh, Man, this was a... One month ago, this was projected to be a top 10 matchup um both these that's interesting like these are both teams that are still good but mildly disappointing yes uh kansas fans would say mildly is putting it too mildly tennessee i think you had winning the national title in the preseason and fulkerson winning the national player of the year has my man john fulkerson my man john points down shooting percentage down minutes down what's going on there i tried to tell you but you know what you uh you were gonna sing your song and so we let it be. Um, 
Hmm. I GP. This is a this is a stumper for me. I'll I'll take KU. I guess, but boy, Kansas won. You know, by eight points against TCU on Thursday night, and it wasn't. I don't. He scored fifty nine. I just there's no confidence in this pick whatsoever. Tennessee uh, barely beat a just blah Mississippi State team. This, this game is offensive. By the way, is that what is, this is. This that game is exactly, disgusts me. I, I get this game out of my face. How that dare is exactly you what Mississippi board? State is. Every time I watch Mississippi State, I'm just like, what am I watching? Here? Oh yeah, forget about it. The <laughs> like most just, monotonous, you know, Power Five conference team that is out there. There's, there's, it's undeniable. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, but it's true. Like, there's just nothing interesting about that, watching Mississippi State play. And that's been the case and for... And I, I say yeah, this as ever. a Mississippian. I know. You've always hated Mississippi State. It's <laughs> not true. Yeah. I have no hate for any... I have... I have a, My brother-in-law and sister-in-law went to Mississippi State. My wife went to Ole Miss. We have... We have we've, we're spread all around the state. I don't have any... I don't think I have any Golden Eagles in my family. I'm going to take Kansas and feel terrible about it. I'm taking Tennessee at home just because I don't even know why. Because they're in the Ramar Smith arena, I guess. But, like, both these teams are – both these teams have been uninspiring recently. They're neither – neither's bad. We're not talking about Kentucky. We're not talking about Duke. We're not talking about Michigan State. They're just both recently kind of ugh, whatever. So, I'll take Tennessee uh, as a home favorite, I guess. Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Number eight, Virginia, at number 20, Virginia Tech, inside Bimbo Coles Coliseum. You can watch it on the ACC Network. Virginia minus three. Do you know Bimbo Coles? I know Bimbo Coles. Yes. I was raised on Bimbo Coles. You were not. You definitely were not raised on Bimbo Coles. Um, that, that, that is a slap in the face to the Metro Conference. I was hey, I, I'm a big Bimbo. fan of the Metro. You weren't raised on Bimbo Coles, though. That's I was just, raised on Bimbo happen. Coles. It's a 1988 Metro Conference co-player of the year with never nervous Purvis Ellison out of Louisville. Three-time first-team All-Metro Conference. You know what Bimbo Coles' real first name is? Uh, Not Bimbo. Eugene. Vernell. Vernell Ver- Bimbo Vernell? Coles. Vernell. Dangerously close to Larnell. Ver- <laughs> it really is. He was named Bim- Bimbo, nicknamed Bimbo, uh, after the song Bimbo that was written in the 19... 19- popular song Bimbo, written in the 1940s, recorded in the 1950s. I believe it was a number one hit. Oh, you believe, yeah? Do you believe it? Do you believe, do believe it, or that. did you look it up on Wikipedia? If I remember correctly, it was... If I remember correctly, from what I looked up on Wikipedia Thursday night, I believe Bimbo was a number one hit. Do you know other Metro player, Metro Conference players of the year? Daryl Griffith, Keith Lee, Dale Curry, Clarence Weatherspoon won it three times. Oh, boy. All right. Is this what you were alluding to before, by the way? I spent so much time uh, on the Metro not, Conference Thursday night. Yeah, Clifford Rozier won it twice. There are 13 schools that can accurately describe themselves as former members of the Metro Conference. Trivia time. How many can you name, Deadleg? Can you name six? As former Metro of- Conference members. I probably just gave it away with these stupid Player of the Year names. I got. That's what do I got? I got to name six schools that were in the Metro at one time or another. And how many were there total? Thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen institutions right, can accurately six. describe themselves okay. as former Metro okay. teams. Okay. Um, Florida State. Florida State is one. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is one. Memphis. 
Memphis is one. That's, I was raised on Metro and Bimbo Coles. Uh, Arkansas. Uh, that's an incorrect answer. So they were the Southwest. Um, Why can't they get those wrinkles out of those tops, though? Neither. We'll send them back to the Metro it's Conference. They don't get this thing straightened out. Got to be taught. T-A-U-T, by the way. Um, uh, how about uh, Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech is an original member of the Metro Conference. So I'm at four and five guesses. Uh, how about... Um, hmm, I'm thinking... I already gave you Never Nervous Purvis. Louisville. Right. Yeah, Rigid member, original member of the Metro. How about how about Western Kentucky? Western Kentucky? The Hilltoppers were not in the Metro Conference. All right. And then how about... Um, I'm just... I'm, ro- I'm rolling through Power Conference teams, and I know that weren't in there. How about... I mean, I told you, Clarence Weatherspoon. How about... You don't know Clarence Weatherspoon? Three-time Metro Conference Player of the Year? Do we have... What about... What about... What about Tulsa? Tulsa was not in the Metro Conference? What about... uh, Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's an original member. Yeah, Cincinnati. And then... So I'm at six. Let me see if I can get one more. Um, and then how about you give me... Uh, I want to get one more. That might be might be in there. I'm trying to think of anyone in the current A-10 would have been in the Metro. There is one, yes. Um, in fact, there's two. My guess is... Uh, yeah, um... Two current A-10 schools were in the Metro Conference. I, I, I'll say Dayton. Let me help you. No, not Dayton. Okay, and doing. then VCU. VCU, yes. Okay. St. Louis is the other. It is the okay. Billikens! The Billikens are in the Billikens are were a Metro Conference members. Do you know why it was called the Metro Conference? Because all the original members were all in metropolitan areas. That makes some sense, yes, for sure. Okay. Other uh, other Metro Conference teams? Tulane. Tulane, Southern Miss, South Carolina, Charlotte, South Florida, and we mentioned BCU. There we go. All right. Story time is over. I'm going to take Virginia to win this game. I was raised on Bimbo Coles. Favored by three in Blacksburg. The Wahoos right now, I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're on top in the ACC. They lead Florida State by a game. Virginia Tech is trailing by two. If uh, Hokies fans are hoping and praying for a season in which they could actually win the ACC, well, then you got to get got to get this done at home. But uh, I will take Virginia to get it done. Yeah, I'm going to take Virginia as well. You know, Virginia Tech just suspended their second leading score and second leading rebounder, so that's not ideal. Nope. Um, Tyrese Radford. Tyrese Radford. Yes. Um, when uh, you know when Virginia Tech beat Duke, Mike Shashevsky said he that Radford was the best player on the floor. And then Radford said, Coach, what do you think the next step is? And then Coach K snapped at him. It was wild. Did you see that? No. It happened. Go Google it. Let's go do it. Come on. Um so you're gonna stick with me and take UVA. 
Yeah, I think so. They're number 20 in the AP poll, Virginia Tech is, so they're ranked, but I don't have them in the top 25 and one. They're 40th at Kempom, 44th in the net. They're outside the top 35 in basically every computer. I think the AP voters got this wrong. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. You're not okay with it. Um, all right, fair enough. Can I get to my game? I was raised on Bimbo Coles. You weren't raised on Bimbo Coles. You're damn right I wasn't. Uh, all right, I mentioned Iowa-Illinois. That's the Friday night game to know. It's a 9 o'clock Fox Sports 1 tip. Then you've got the Billikens uh, playing at Richmond. That's earlier in the evening, 6.30 on ESPN2 on Friday, if you're listening to we this on pick, Friday. We don't pick Friday games. That's we don't, rule. but I like to give the heads up for the early birds here. That is, frankly, that's an urgent game for both teams. Uh, the A-10 is going to be a multi-bid league here, but the loser of that game is not going to put themselves in a desirable position. Side note, uh, the Atlantic 10 has announced that Richmond will actually be hosting uh, the semifinals and title game of the A-10 tournament this season. The second round in the quarters will be split between VCU and Richmond's uh, campuses, and then Richmond will also host the first round. Richmond might need that home court advantage if it gets the auto bid. We'll wait and see. And then there's one more game on Friday to know. That's Boise State at Colorado State. Colorado State won on Wednesday night, and it's got a real strong at-large resume at this point. Boise State is hitting the uh, the real difficult part of its Mountain West schedule. Would be better for the league if Boise State was able to pin pick off a win on the road against CSU. If Colorado State were to win that, uh, it would really be setting itself up quite nicely for uh, for an at-large bid going forward here. They beat them bad. They did. It was, and again, but the tarp situation, not ideal. Not ideal there in Fort Collins. Got to get that thing taught. So let's, uh, let's, let's clean it up there, Nico Medved. Um, it's, uh, to be honest, the Saturday slate, it's okay. It's not great. We don't have a great weekend of college basketball here. We'll, we, we say it like it is. Sunday is... Uh, it could be so much better considering there is no NFL. Um, before I give you the Saturday game to pick, there's really not a ton to be interested in, frankly, with no NFL and not. A, I mean, we've got a one o'clock Michigan State Ohio State game on CBS that obviously everyone should be watching, and then it's America's most watched network is the network of stars. And then for the diehards that are into the Valley and the, the small leagues, Loyola Chicago's plays at Missouri State. If the Valley is going to be a multi-bit league here, uh, Missouri State uh, is going to have to. <laughs> accommodate and drop another home game after getting swept by Drake. Uh, and, and if Loyola Chicago can get a win there, that's uh, that'll be an interesting plot to follow. But other than that, just not a lot of ton of, um, of intriguing stuff uh, on Sunday with apologies to Golden Gate Mike, who St. John's team is going to play at Marquette. Red Storm just aren't in the picture right now. As for Saturday, other games to keep an eye on that we haven't mentioned. Um, Clemson at Duke is a noon tip on ESPN2. Uh, Duke needs that win to keep itself in the NCAA tournament conversation. Uh, Texas won't have Shaka Smart again. It plays at Kentucky. So if you want to do a drive-by on that, it's an 8 o'clock tip on ESPN. A 7.30 tip on Big Ten Network is Minnesota against Purdue. Uh, Just could be a quality Big Ten game against two teams that are clearly in the field at this point. And then Georgia Tech has what is pretty close to a must-win home game at 4 o'clock on the ACC Network on Saturday against Florida State, uh, and of course, FSU trying to get the win there to keep pace with Virginia in the ACC. My game will be taking place at 2 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Saturday, and it's going to be West Virginia hosting Mike White and the Florida Gators. Florida has won three in a row with wins against Tennessee at Georgia and against Vanderbilt. This is obviously part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge, so we get some nice non-conference action here sprinkled into Saturday. Uh, The line is projected with West Virginia at home, obviously coming off that big win earlier in the week against Texas Tech. WVU minus four. Who you got? Taking the Mountaineers. They enter the game with momentum. Does momentum exist? 
momentum does exist. It does exist. Yeah. They went 10 for 10 from the field in the final 935 to ruin Matt McClung's mom's raising the roof um, uh, phenomenon. Wasn't that, that was definitely not a phenomenon. It was a phenomenon. <laughs> What's... It was, I ran that's, out that's, of words. That is not... That is that is ripe for some, uh, some grammar uh, scolding here. Definitely not a phenomenon, but you've got the ears at Joe Missoula Coliseum. I understand. I would... Agree with you. We agree on the final two, um, but I do think that the, I picked this one because I thought because one I knew you weren't going to pick it, and two, I think there is a there's a chance that this one might be a straight up upset kind of deal here. Florida certainly has the ability to get it done, uh, even though it's operating operating obviously not at a full roster, and that's been the case uh, for a while now. I still think they've got a chance, and that one seems to me like it's got a good shot at being a close game. All right, are we done here? Yeah, I mean, we can uh, we can pretty much be done here if you want to be done. I'm I'm, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I stayed can, up all night can, reading about the Metro. Well, like you do it to yourself, man. Like I don't know. I don't even know why I did. Like I even have this moment when I'm 12 minutes into the Metro Conference research where I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Yeah, you don't need to be doing this. It's I not just necessary. get I just get interested. Yeah, it's just I just not, get I name. Here's exactly how it works. I'm picking out four games for the Final Four and one. I get to Virginia Tech, and I have to name the arena. And the first name that pops into my head is Bimbo Coles. That's good. And, next thing, and then I'm, but then I'm googling Bimbo Coles. To, I mean, if you were raised on Bimbo Coles, you wouldn't be googling him. I was Lawyered. raised on Bimbo Coles. I was raised on Bimbo Coles, but I still need to Google him every once in a while. So then I Google Bimbo Coles, and then I'm like, okay, he did win Co uh, a Metro Conference Player of the Year in 1988. I wonder who won it with him. So then I Google that, and next thing, and then it's over. You're down the rabbit hole. And then it's over for me. Not ideal. Then you're walking up to people in the street talking to about Bimbo Coles. You're in the, <laughs> you're in the Bimbo Coles conspiracy theories. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. <sighs> Glad Herb Pope's out of jail, though. Good for him. That's something I, I didn't know. I didn't know that until I started Googling him last night. He's out now. He's on probation, so he's got to you know, keep it in between the lines. But uh, hopefully he's doing okay. That's good. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Legend. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Vernell. And thank you guys once again for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the, ooh boy, ooh boy, dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. I didn't see this one coming. I never seen one like this, and I didn't see this one coming. That's hot coming. You ever seen one like this? Never seen one like this. Have Man, not. It, it is Dr. Fauci. He's now scaring me. He's like, uh, yeah, these these uh, mutated viruses might mess up my vaccine. I'm like, Dr. Fauci, damn it. I'm, I'm a half-vaccinated man right now. I was excited. And now he's leaving open the possibility that it, these vaccines are going to be worthless. Let's hope that's not the case. Let's, <laughs> Let's hope that's not the case. Positive vibes only, please. Positive vibes only. I'm a half-vaccinated man right now. If you haven't subscribed to the Ion College Basketball Podcast, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, five stars and a nice review, and maybe, just maybe, we'll talk about it on Sunday night. Either way, we're going to talk to you again on Sunday night. Till then, take Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.